Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story is random local news. This is from ABC. Some Alaska Costco shoppers say ravens steal their groceries. <laughs> Great. That's so amusing. This is my favorite kind of story. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Animals, nature taking its revenge. Yeah. Um, so some Alaska Costco shoppers say they've had their groceries stolen by ravens in the store parking lot. Um, Matt Lawallen said he was packing his groceries into his car in the parking lot of an Anchorage Costco when <laughs> Raven swooped in to steal a short rib from his cart. <laughs> Which sounds delicious. Yeah. Good for those, uh, good for those Ravens. Um, additional Raven thief sightings have since emerged on social media. Kimberly Waller wrote on Facebook, my parents were minding their business after a shop and made it home with one less steak. The bird snatched it right out of the pack in the parking lot. Wow. They took a whole steak. Which sounds delicious. Um, yeah. Every time you mention a food, we're going to be like, hmm, that mm, sounds good. That sounds good right now. Anchorage resident Tamara Josie said, I had two ravens, one that was on the car next to me, and he kept squawking really loud. He would sit on the car and stare at me, then hop next to the bed of the truck on the other side, and he kept going back and forth. The other raven was on the ground. He kept trying to pull... Uh, I had these little mini melons you have in the mesh baggies. He kept trying to grab the netting and pull my melons off the car. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going for anything. Wow, Anything yeah. they can get their beaks on. Um, a manager at an Anchorage Costco declined to comment to the newspaper about the Raven themes. <laughs> I just thought that was amusing. Uh, and then they also apparently reached out to the Anchorage Audubon Society that tallies the Raven population every December. Uh, and apparently the group reported 923 common Ravens in 2018, 621 in 2019, and 750 in 2020. So kind of a fluctuating population. Mm. But um, yeah, some like wildlife management person commented that uh, they see this food just like discarded in the trash or like on the ground for whatever reason. And so they recognize it in people's carts and they go for it because... Because they've they've eaten it before because it was it before, thrown yeah. away somewhere and they saw it. Mm-hmm. And they are ravens and they're smart birds. They're really smart birds. And they remember <laughs> what it looks like. Yeah. 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 So they make the association and they're like, that's food. I'm going to take that. And wow. They, and then they do. <laughs> I, you know, it, it actually surprises me that this hasn't been a problem before now. Right? And they said they said the Costco uh, refunded them for their purchases oh, that really? were taken by the ravens. Well, that was nice. Costco has some nice customer service, but I just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, why haven't the birds figured out that, like, <laughs> outside of a grocery store, there's just food It'd be a out. great place, yeah. If they could just not swoop in and attention. grab it, yeah. It yeah. makes sense for the birds to do oh, that. Yeah, it makes sense for all kinds of animals to do it. I'm surprised that we don't just have, like, bears patrolling the outside of grocery stores. Like, I know I could get a bunch of food Actually, out of yeah, this. wait a minute. Yeah. Like, in Colorado, why aren't there just bears just, like, yeah. waiting there? I don't know. That'd be scary, but, like, they could figure it out one day and do that. Maybe bears aren't as smart as ravens. Mm. Okay, my first story is animal news. (laughs) This is from sciencenews.org. And the headline is, A gene defect may make rabbits do handstands instead of hop. This is wild. (laughs) This is so wild. Anthony, I have to show you. There's a picture. I have to oh, show it to you immediately. I I'm going to show it to you immediately, and I'm going to read more than anything what right this now. is I about. I want to see this picture. 
Aww. It's a and rabbit. And do they hop doing... around like that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's ri- There was a video on the website too, which I didn't embed in my notes here, but like there was a video of it. That's incredible. It's real. It's adorable. So one defective gene might turn some bunnies hops into handstands, a new study suggests. To move quickly, a breed of domesticated rabbit called Sauter de Alfort. Oh, <laughs> fancy! Sends its uh, it sends its back legs sky high and walks on its front paws. The strange gait may be the result of a gene tied to limb movement. Researchers reported in a new study published last week in PLOS Genetics. Oh, understanding why the rabbits move in such a strange way could help researchers learn more about how the spinal cord works. Rabbits normally hop to move fast. And hopping requires synchronized hind legs to jump at the same time. Spinal cord nerve cells called interneurons help coordinate the left and right side of the body and are crucial for a normal gait because of that coordination that's needed. Mm-hmm. So these scientists hypothesize that a mutation in a gene called ROB reduces the presence of a certain protein within the interneurons, which then causes the rabbits to lack the ability to coordinate what their hind limbs are doing, which then restricts their ability to hop. So they they can't actually do it. So they're, it's like, so it's like an an adapted behavior oh, because okay. they can't hop correctly. And interestingly, sautéred Alfred rabbits aren't <laughs> the only animal to adopt an odd scamper if there's a mutation to this gene. Mice with this mutation also do handstands when they start to run, uh, and even while walking, those mice hike their back legs up to like waddle forward, almost like a duck. So oh, the researchers weird. called it like a duck walk that they've seen in mice with this mutation. Uh, so, yeah. So this research could shed light on ways to repair the body if defects in this uh, gene cause disease in humans, which they don't know that yet. Like, it didn't really say that, but they just want to know. They want to know, like, what is this gene actually doing? Because all of that is, like, just kind of a hypothesis right now, like, yeah. why it's causing this. It's they interesting, just, though, that it's a cross species. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, But it's like they it, they don't know. They don't know exactly why you know the handstands are happening they just know that like if they have that mutation they do this behavior yeah like why that's the the way it manifests yes right that's what they don't know and they don't know if there's like other problems it's causing they don't they don't know a lot about it yet so i've never seen a human do that so (laughs) i've seen a human do a handstand well yeah but i've never seen a human get (laughs) around by walking on their hands so like yeah uh, maybe this gene thing could also cause like gait issues in people. But I, I also don't know like yeah. that that's really a thing people have an issue with. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's some kind, some cases of people with like an, an unusual gait or something that maybe this could be really too. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, just th- this picture of this rabbit like on its front feet is just so like, I saw this and I was like, this is real? How is it even balancing? I don't know. I know, but it's very cute. It is very cute. And it's perfect for Easter coming up. Oh, yeah. My next story is science news. This is from LiveScience.com. Scientists detect world's coldest cloud hovering over Pacific Ocean. Whoa. The coldest cloud there ever was. <laughs> oh, uh, was it a block of ice? I, but it was floating, so it See, that's been. actually... I have questions about this, and the article did not answer them. Okay, because I was right. like, how does a cloud get that cold and not be ice? Anyway, uh, 
We'll get to it. Okay. A severe thunderstorm cloud that formed over the Pacific Ocean in 2018 reached the coldest temperatures ever recorded, according to a new study. Uh, so it actually happened in 2018, but they just like did a study on it now. And that's why we're talking about it now. Oh, okay. Uh, the very top of the storm cloud reached a bone-chilling negative 167.8 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, my gosh. Which is colder than any storm cloud measured before and about 86 degrees colder than typical storm clouds, which apparently are pretty cold already, I didn't realize. Um, and I just, yeah. I, I thought when this gets cold, it becomes a solid. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what... Okay, well, I'll, I'll wait till yeah, I guess done. The, it, yeah, we'll get to it. Um, the thunderstorms. Uh, thunderstorms and tropical cyclones can reach very high altitudes, up to 11 miles from the ground, where the air is much cooler. Uh, the storm appeared about 249 miles south of Nauru in the southwest Pacific on December 29, 2018, and its cloud's temperature was picked up by an infrared sensor aboard the U.S.'s NOAA-20 satellite orbiting the planet. Uh, storms typically spread out into an anvil-like shape when they reach the top of the troposphere, which is the lower, the lowest layer of Earth's atmosphere. But if a storm has a lot of energy, it will go into the next layer, which is the stratosphere. <clears throat> this phenomenon, known as an overshooting top, pushes storm clouds to very high, very cold altitudes. Um, so it's like this cloud kind of went into space, I guess. Um, <laughs> clouds in space. Uh, in the last three years, scientists have logged the same number of extremely cold temperatures and clouds as they did in the 13 years before that. So in the last three years. Wow. Which is, it's accelerating. It's what's, ex yeah, I was yeah. going to say, it's accelerating. Um, thunderstorms with colder clouds tend to be more extreme. So it's kind of oh. important that they track this information. Um, but right now it's not clear exactly why they're becoming more common. Um, I mean, my guess is climate change yeah, in some was, capacity, yeah. but I think they don't have a formal connection between okay. anything yet. Um, but yeah, I guess I was confused how cloud gets so cold and just stays up there. But I guess if it's well, more like it, ice crystals. See, yes, this is like, okay, I have to remember my like sixth grade science class or whatever, <laughs> whenever we learn about precipitation, cycle. right? In the water cycle, when you learn that in, in grade school somewhere. So the the way that precipitation forms is because it's cold up there, right? right. So it's like the an air can be that cold, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, especially eleven miles above Earth. Yeah, so I think it's like, but the thing is that I don't know how it can be a because the definition of a cloud uh -huh. is like it's like condensed. It's it's like, con like condensed. Yeah. It's condensed on like particles or something in the air, right? It's like condensed particle. Wait a minute. What is it? Uh, like mist. What is mist and cl clouds? It's like con yeah. It it's condensation mist. in the air. Right. Right. Yeah. So like, how is it staying up there? That's my question. Yeah. Like I would think that like at that level of coldness, it would have already like it would have caused precipitation to happen, and it wouldn't be a cloud anymore. It would just be like cold air. Yeah. Maybe it's like a combination of that and like the like lower gravity at, a, at that altitude is that like it's probably not far up enough oh. for that to matter though would it like once it's in space though maybe it doesn't i mean how high up is this it is actually in space yes yeah, well, it, that's, that's it said the like, troposphere is the highest layer of the earth's atmosphere yeah. and the stratosphere i guess is the first layer outside of it but i don't actually remember what the layers of the atmosphere are so okay 
I don't remember why. I don't <laughs> this remember This is reminding how... me of a lot of stuff that I learned like way long ago. In, like, <laughs> like I'm just like, I don't school. remember, and then insert a word. I don't remember how clouds make sense without precipitation. That's what I don't remember, like the science of. Yeah. But that would maybe explain this. I don't know. But like, be totally air, off base, though. Because air that's like very dry air can get really, really, really cold. Yeah. That's, that's, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it, when it's in a cloud, that's what I don't get. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Sorry, everybody listening. We yeah. don't remember our, like, grade school weather Well, I was science. really hoping that the article would explain that, and yeah. it didn't. That seems like a, that seems like, it seems like the article's fault. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm kind of sad that I don't remember more, but anyway, I don't know. I yeah. could, we could look that up. I'm sure we could look that up, but, um, yeah. later. But that's still really interesting, like, that it's getting, like, colder. They keep measuring these colder temperatures. Right. There. Yeah, and this was the coldest cloud ever. Yeah. My next story is world news. This is from the BBC.com. The headline is Mafia Fugitive Caught After Posting Cooking Show on YouTube. How, <laughs> I'm laughing at my own story. How how did they think that would go? They started a YouTube cooking show and then got caught by the police. I'm sorry. That is just, it's funny to me. Okay. So it's because, this is a really short story, so I'll just read the whole thing. So a fugitive Italian gangster's urge to show off his cooking skills has landed him in jail after seven years on the run. Uh, Italian police tracked down the man through the culinary videos he had uploaded to YouTube. While he carefully hid his face, he failed to disguise his tattoos on his body, which is how they, mm. they identified him because they knew yep. what tattoos he had and they could see that. That's why so. I can never do a crime. That's why, yeah, that's why you find can, me. That's the reason you can never do a crime. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, the only thing stopping me. Yeah, so he was uh, in the Dominican Republic. They found him there and they extradited him back to Italy. He's, it, like it mentioned earlier, he's been on the run for seven years, so... So that's too bad. Just, <laughs> you shouldn't have, you mean, shouldn't have started a YouTube cooking you've been show. On, I don't if know you've been say. on the run for seven years, you just like you got that itch to start a cooking show. You just gotta scratch it. <laughs> it's just like the obvious. He next was just step so yeah. I mean, I mean, I just. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't even know what else to say about this. I, um, I mean, it's it's just that's what it is. That's the whole story. Yeah. So. Take it and laugh, and, and and if you are a fugitive, maybe don't, don't start, start a, a YouTube show. A cooking yeah, a show. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't start a YouTube channel. Yeah, that's actually of probably any kind. Applies. Yeah, maybe just yeah, stay off social media yeah, in maybe. general. You might want to stay on the DL. Um, okay. My next story is space news. This is from TechCrunch. SpaceX is outfitting its Dragon spacecraft with an observation dome for space tourists. Wait, what, th- which spacecraft is this? <laughs> so it's like, this is their commercial spacecraft that like they're going to start sending tourists up into space on. And they're okay. adding like a glass dome at the tip of it so that you can oh. like go up in the dome and like look at space as a tourist. That's cool. So... Yeah, I thought this was interesting because it's like 
we've never had to consider making spacecraft like tourism friendly before. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the first step in that, I guess, which is kind of cool. Wow. Not that I'm ever going. You could not, Same. You I'm could not, not I'm pay not me do it. enough to go to space. Um, SpaceX is set to make a change to its Crew Dragon spacecraft for its forthcoming history-making all-civilian launch, currently set for September 15th of this year. Whoa. So that's happening really soon. That is so soon. Um, I think there's only going to be four people on it, but it's going to be all civilians. Okay. Uh, so they're replacing this particular spacecraft's International Space Station docking mechanism with a transparent dome, through which pa- uh, passengers will be able to take in an awe-inspiring panorama of space and the Earth from an orbital perspective. So they have multiple of these Crew Dragon spacecrafts, apparently, and they're like this one in particular, they're outfitting it with a it's not going to be going to the ISS anymore. It's going to be used for tourism, I guess. Um, the glass. Oh, oh, wait, wait. It's going to be like a like a cruise to nowhere where you go up in Basically space and just come back down. Basically, space and come back down. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which is like you also just why would you couldn't pay me to do that either? Um, so the glass dome will be at the topmost point of the Dragon capsule. There should be space for one passenger to. Uh, there should be space for one passenger to use it at a time and a protective cover around it will be opened up once the spacecraft is safely out of Earth's atmosphere, and it can be flipped back down during re-entry. So, like, while they're okay. going in and out of space, they don't want the glass dome That makes exposed. sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. sense. There's like a sticker in the pocket of this. That's weird. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this modification could pave the way for a more permanent alternate configuration of Dragon, one better suited for SpaceX's planned commercial passenger miss- missions, most of which will likely aim to do orbital tours without any actual docking at the ISS, like I kind of alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible the company will make further cabin modifications when the vehicle isn't configured for crew delivery to the orbital uh, space station. So they might start making, like, full tourism spacecraft which is so weird to think about also yeah. it just this it seems like this it's too soon for this i feel like we see so many like commercial rockets like explode on, like yeah like didn't that just happen that, like, like just happened the, te- the I'm latest sure test that they did was like, spacex company like it landed and then and it, it exploded it exploded on landing because they still haven't gotten the landing physics correct right for those which so is like just, um i don't want to be a guinea pig for this let the billionaires be the guinea pigs i mean please <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah, this year seems very soon for them to actually, like, do this. Yes, it does. That's a little, <laughs> like, really scary, actually. I was actually glad little, when really I saw scary. it was only four people because it just, like, at least Ugh. it's not going to be, like, a huge crew yeah. that they're setting up. But it's yeah. just, like, Ugh. that's still I mean, And it's not like they're not going voluntarily. It's still just, ugh. It's so scary. I would seriously. Just, we're not ready. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would... <laughs> The number of explosions in, like, the year before I go on a space trip, I want that to be zero explosions. (laughs) That's a reasonable thing (laughs) to expect. Like, the year before I go, (laughs) no explosions would be my ideal number of explosions. (laughs) In the six months prior prior to my space flight, I would like there to be zero explosions of spacecraft by the same company. Within which I would be traveling. To, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna travel. I have no desire to no, do that. No, I'm not going. Zero desire. Somebody else can go. 
Like you said, send the billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones that want to go. Yeah. My next story is science news. This is from a college website, news.rice.edu. The headline is, Tires Turned into Graphene That Makes Stronger Concrete. Hmm. Rice University scientists have optimized a process to convert waste from rubber tires into graphene that can in turn be used to strengthen concrete. The process that was used is called a flash process and has been used to convert food waste, plastic, and other carbon sources by exposing them to a jolt of electricity that removes everything but the carbon atoms from the sample. Those atoms are then reassembled into valuable turbostratic graphene, which is easier to use in composite materials (laughs) compared to graphene produced by other methods. Okay. Because it's like really soluble somehow. Huh. It like mixes into other things really easily. All right. Uh, so graphene has been proven to strengthen cementitious materials. Ooh, cementitious. <laughs> new word, yeah. Uh, a new com- song by Fergie. Cementitious. <laughs> <laughs> See. To the E, to the M E N T I O U S. I love that. I love that. Okay. So he has cementitious materials, concrete among them. Graphene. Okay, let me restart that. Let me restate that sentence. Graphene has been proven to strengthen cementitious materials, including concrete. So because of its solubility, like I mentioned, turbostratic graphene can easily be added as a component to make. more environmentally friendly and strong concrete. Um, and it's environmentally friendly because it's like re it's recycling t- old tires. tires. Yeah. So according to one of the chemists, concrete is the most produced material in the world and simply making it produces as much as 9% of the world's carbon dioxide emissions. Oh, wow. Yeah. If we can use less concrete in our roads, buildings and bridges, we can eliminate some of those emissions from the very start. So I think their point was like, if it's stronger, then maybe we don't you could, have to make more to re- keep replacing yeah, it. Yeah, like you don't have to keep replacing it, or maybe you could use less in certain situations and stuff like that. So, mm. so yeah. And this research is published in the journal Carbon. Oh. I don't think we've talked about that yeah, one that's before. Yeah, that sounds like a new one. Mm-hmm. All right, it's time for breaking news the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly. Bunny handstands. Ready, set, go! go! Okay. Found this on UPI. Idaho man sets up chessboard in 30 seconds for Guinness record. Wait, just setting up a chessboard? Just setting up a chessboard with one hand. 30 seconds is the record for that? Apparently. That seems like <laughs> <laughs> That seems like a long time actually. I guess it's I guess it's hard though. Oh. Um, with one hand. Okay. With one hand. He said it took him an, a year and a half to develop the skill. Wow. Um, okay, maybe just my n- sense of time is a little off of how long it is. Okay, okay, sorry, go ahead. His name is David Rush, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, he's broken more than 150 records to promote STEM education. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. That's nice. Um, 
apparently the previous record was 31.55 seconds. Um, mm. And uh, he was able to get it down to 30.31 seconds. And apparently him and his wife previously broke the two-person version of the record, which I guess also exists. They also oh. said that using only one hand is in accordance with Guinness rules, which, like, this has got to be the most arbitrary rules. It's just like, I don't know, do it with one hand. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't do it with one hand or it doesn't count. But, uh, uh. yeah, it seems like a, a cool skill to have. Just get this guy to, like, some chess tournaments and just have him go... Bloop. Yeah. Did it say? <laughs> exactly. Did it say if the did the pieces have to be like in a box next to the board as it's the starting point or something? Or yeah, like, that that part wasn't clear. Or was it like they were all scattered? I don't know. Like I, I bet I bet that there's some type of standardized starting place for it too. Yeah, that, that's probably true. Interesting. Okay, so there is a video of it. And it looks like they're just kind of randomly thrown onto a plate near the chessboard. Okay. And there's all, I think they're also like a regulation distance away from the chessboard. Okay. That makes sense. It does seem like he could be going faster than he is. <laughs> <laughs> I almost want to like try this later and time myself. Yeah, right? Okay. I found this on NPR. The Louvre in Paris has digitized 482,000 pieces of artwork. And you can see them... All on the Louvre website now. That's so many. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is so cool. So, like, you can just go, they apparently, I guess they like redesigned the whole UI of their website recently too, but they have been working on this like digitization project. And there are, the, the artwork from the Louvre is like all up there now. And I, I looked and it's like, you can search things. Like, you can you search can just like, find, like, the Mona Lisa sculpture. Yeah, well, actually, I searched. That's the first thing I searched, and like, it looks like the really, really famous ones. Like, you can't see it. I don't know if that's on purpose or if they're just not. That, not everything is up yet, or something. But like, the Mona Lisa suspicious. doesn't come up. Like, you can't actually vis. You can't see the that. thing that they're like most famous for. And I started looking up. up. I looked up uh, Monet too because it's my favorite artist. And that stuff, like the water lilies paintings and stuff that they have, also mm. did not come up. So I'm just wondering if the like the most famous stuff, like they didn't put. I don't know. But it's so cool. You can search like. You can search like sculptures and then there's like time ranges too. Like you can be like 100 AD sculpture or whatever. Oh. And it just like comes up with like result and you can click stuff and see like pictures of the statues and things. It's so cool. That's really neat. So yeah, like I can imagine like, I don't know, the average person maybe, I don't know if they would, maybe they would like just peruse this, but it's just like kind of cool to just discover things through this. Like if you, if you yeah. are like, if you like art from a certain like time period, you can search that in this really easily and it just comes up and you can just click things and like see a close up of it or see different angles of the art and stuff. That is, that is really cool. It sounds like it's it could cool. be a, like a really good educational tool too. Like oh yeah. Just set kids loose on it or like have them research a piece of art that they wouldn't normally be able to get, like, such yeah. a good view of. just, like, imagine, like, yeah, if you're taking, like, some type of art class, you have to, like, go to the museum itself and look at it, and then, like, they have different things next to each piece right about it, right? Well, that's all here on the website. Like, you click the thing, and it tells you, like, here's the artist, here's what we know about this piece, and it, and it also tells you, like, the history of, like, its existence, like, how it ended up, like, at the museum and stuff. Like, it's just really cool. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, apparently there's, like, 482,000 things in the database that's a lot of arts yeah it that's just super i've just never heard of like a museum i mean 
maybe other museums have done that, but it's the Louvre. Like they have, so, it's like, it is the biggest one in the world, I think, biggest art museum, I, I think. I, I actually don't that. know. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know that for sure, but I'm pretty sure it is. Um, Certainly the most famous. Yeah. So, so yeah, you can just, just go to their website and you can uh, look around and pretend like you're, pretend like you're in Paris yeah. a little bit. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews, on Twitter at at knickknacknews, and on Instagram at knickknacknews. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.